next up will be 9th Avenue and Duna! Transfer point! For the 6, Pete Parnassus! The 43, Masonic! 66, Quimpara! And Mini Metros! And Duna! Duna! That was Muni driver Mac Allen driving the 44 O'Shaughnessy, calling out the stops like a pro with strong, I think that was monster truck rally vibes. Hello, Heather Knight, and welcome to our first Ask a Muni Driver episode. Hello, this was such a fun episode to record, and it gave me an excuse to ride the 44 O'Shaughnessy with my younger son, Muni's biggest fan. We found Mac Allen the other day driving the red bus. There's one bus in Muni's entire fleet, which is red, and it has its own Twitter account, and we found Mac on it, and he was doing amazing um, announcements throughout the whole ride. He's such a character. That is incredible luck. The Red Bust and Mac Allen. I hope you bought lottery tickets. <laughs> um, it's transit month. All transit episodes in September on Total SF, ending with our Total Transit 2022 challenge on Wednesday, September 28th. I thought Ask a Muni Driver was one of your better ideas when you pitched it, but it was a really, really good idea. I learned a lot about Muni and got some great tips from Mac in this episode. Yeah, we put a call out for questions on Twitter and got a ton. San Franciscans have a lot of questions about Muni. Um, So we didn't even get to all of them. So I'm hoping there's a sequel someday. But in the meantime, I learned a ton about Muni. Yeah, I think this is going to be a favorite episode for anyone who checks it out. We recorded at Transbay Park, which along with SF Bay Ferry, which was our studio last week, and Hunter Pence's condo is on my list for permanent Total SF podcast studios a little noisy you hear some bus noise in the back which is appropriate but not as noisy as i thought it would be it is so lovely up there it is we um hit it on a beautiful day and there weren't too many people there was a writing group off to the side but they were quiet writers and it uh, it worked out really well yeah i kind of wonder if we were bothering them because we were got a little bit boisterous we talked about the lunch bus <laughs> the bus muni bus that apparently there are several of them that are encased in a lunchables uh wrapping oscar meyer has paid to make buses look like lunchables this is my favorite part of the episode there was very spirited debate and poetry uh lunchabus poetry Yes, I think um, this is probably the first podcast to ever have poetry about the lunch of us. Yeah, and it was good poetry, too. I completely, completely surprised you. I said I didn't have a limerick, which I didn't, but I had a poem. People will hear this later. I don't want to give too much away. (laughs) But I believe it's the first poem that I've written since I was 19 years old, and uh, I'm a little bit proud of it. You should be. Well, one last thing. We barely asked people to rate this podcast when it started. So if you get a chance really quickly right now, hit pause and give us a quick rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Write a review if you want, but the rating would really be awesome and helpful. We greatly appreciate it. I think if we get to 500 ratings, we have to have some kind of prize, maybe a party or something. Let's do it. Any excuse. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll finally reveal my men of the 
Chronicle calendar photo from... <laughs> oh, I have a copy. Yeah, you're not allowed to put that on social media. 500 ratings, <laughs> I will put out the men of the Chronicle calendar photo on social media if we ever get there. Oh my gosh. Okay, everybody, rate, <laughs> rate it. it. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, hoping the lunch of us stays forever. No way. And this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Hello, Mac Allen, and welcome to Total SF. Hello. Good morning. We are here in the Transit Center, armed with a ton of reader and listener questions about Muni for our Ask a Muni Driver episode, and you are the Muni Driver on the hot seat. I'm ready. Ask your <laughs> questions, and I'll drive myself over to the answer. Okay. Well, first, my own question. Would you rather be called a poetry writing bus driver or a bus driving poet? Uh, bus driving poet, I like better. I okay. think it's more poetic. Okay. Uh, we were sad when we learned that you will be out of town for Total Transit 2022. And we first met you on Total Muni. Tell us memories of that day, Total Muni 2018, and any advice you have for us on our next wild transit adventure. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, I remember, first of all, trying to figure out how to find you and desperately refreshing your Twitter feed. So, you know, if you can have, like... Uh, where we are now um, we're working on it thing that would be amazing to help other people uh, catch up to you but also the joy of people chasing you with very little <laughs> chance like you know follow that rickshaw <laughs> has got to be one of the all-time grades yes um and then arriving at the giant stadium at the end i think you need a really good finish line yeah so um you know more constraints upon more constraints we're fine-tuning now <laughs> Well, I asked on Twitter what people would like to ask a Muni driver, and I got a lot of questions, so here are some of our favorites. First one, do Muni drivers have a secret handshake? Uh, the typical is the fist bump, um, but we also do a lot of um, waving to each other from the bus, and we also beep. So different Muni drivers have different waves. You see a lot of people do the peace sign. Mm -hmm. I do the shaka. Mm -hmm. um, there's one Muni operator I see frequently who does like a sort of whole hand wave that's really elegant um, and that's one of the nice little pieces of character being a muni operator is how you greet the other buses uh, it's also sort of required if you see your classmate who graduated with you come in the opposite direction you gotta say hi that's yeah. just that's understood what was the most memorable moment you've had on a bus I remember once I was driving the 15 uh, Bayview Express uh, as I had just started the job, and I came up over uh, Ingalls on the hill in Bayview, and it was sunset, and the entire city was laid out ahead of us. The downtown was all lit up, just absolutely beautiful. And I had not ever seen that vista before. And I realized that I had actually driven that same route several times already at that same time and never looked up and oh. had been focused on the road and looking up and seeing this momentous, beautiful um, scene. Uh, sticks with me now. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Um, relatedly, what's the weirdest thing a passenger has brought onto the bus? Oh, uh, we had some interesting animals. Um, there's a passenger who has rats. They're in a cage, um, but that's a regular passenger. I've seen this passenger a number of times. Wow. So it's known to a lot of muni operators as well. 
Um, uh, there are a lot of interesting wheeled contraptions that come onto the bus these days. Uh, the like big one wheel stand on kind of things uh, I'm seeing a lot. I had to turn away a passenger recently who was trying to bring gasoline onto the bus, which is not allowed. Don't try to bring gas or <laughs> any flammable liquids on board the bus. Was it like a handheld like gallon? It was or a two gas or, can. Or yeah, like gas a... can okay. with a spigot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was actually here on the bus deck in the transit center. Not only could I not let that person on my bus, then I had to sort of reflect and think, I don't think you can even be in the transit center no. with a can of gas. <laughs> uh, Share an act of kindness you witnessed on Muni. Oh, there are so many. You know, one of the things that happens regularly is somebody will need help uh, getting on or off of the bus, and then just the nearest um, uh, person nearby will offer their arm and help them off of the bus. Um, sometimes people will see somebody who's struggling to bring their groceries on board. In fact, I have this often on the 44. Um, and then another person will just jump up, bring the groceries on board, and then when it's time for that same passenger to get off, it might even be a different passenger who helps uh, that person get their groceries back off of the bus. Um, I've seen that a couple of times, That's and it's nice. always really touching. Uh, do you feel like you know regular riders? Do you say hello if you see them somewhere other than the bus? Yes, absolutely. I have Now I have a regular run, which means for any given day of the week, I'm doing the same work on the same schedule. That's I'm much. I'm very happy to have that situation as opposed to being on what's called the extra board, where every day you have a different assignment, you do the work that's needed as needed, and you find out usually the day before what you'll be doing. Now that I have a regular run and I do the same work every day, I have regulars who I see on the same bus at the same time. And incredibly, they'll know things like my weekend days. They know whether it's my Friday or my Monday. Um, and uh, so I, and I also hand out poems on the bus sometimes. And I uh, actually developed a relationship with one passenger when I was driving the 35 where he was asking me about the progress of a poem I was working on um, and so yeah you totally do um, I can't say that I've had anybody recognize me as a bus driver outside of the bus but I have had people recognize me from one line to another um, and then they'll say hey didn't you drive me on the nine like a month ago um, because I announced the stops out loud and uh, people recognize my voice. I think people when they see you off the bus are gonna like not be able to place you. They're gonna be like, yeah. did we go to school together? Yeah, <laughs> like, that guy looks familiar. Yeah. Were you on Beverly Hills 90210? <laughs> you know, it's gonna be like that. It's like seeing your grocery checker at like Giants game or something yeah. like that. You're that like, drives you me know crazy you know them, you but how? <laughs> well, I, one of my favorite moments recently was when I was having a burrito at, in the parklet outside La Corneta in Glen Park and you pulled up in the 35 oh, and right. waved at me. <laughs> Yay! That was fun. <laughs> I saw Heather. <laughs> <laughs> what are the best and worst routes to drive and why? A um, lot of different diverse opinions amongst different Muni operators about what is best and worst. I have various factors that I consider. How long are the trips and how many trips do you have to make? Um, some bus routes are very long. And, uh, like the 29, for example, takes almost an hour and a half to go from one terminal to the other and back. So you only do maybe two and a half trips in a, in a shift sometimes. Um, but then you have no 
chance to sort of catch your breath, and that can be hard. Um, at first, I liked long, long trips, and now I like shorter ones. Uh, when I drive the 25, those trips are half hour, exactly. And then you have 15 minutes off, exactly. And it's incredibly reliable and regular, and I like the getting into the flow of that. So I'm enjoying the 25 right now a lot. If you had to recommend a single Muni bus route to visitors or tourists for them to see the most landmarks and icons of San Francisco, which one would that be? Oh, I mean, the F market is hard to beat. You know, it starts in the Thank Castro. Thank you for saying so. Uh, so you could start right at the Castro Theater. Um, then you're going to see all of the major Market Street landmarks on your way. You're going to finish at the ferry building on the market leg. And then you get to go and you see the Golden Gate Bridge and Coit Tower from the window of the F Market streetcars. And the streetcars themselves are these landmarks also. Yes. Um, cable cars as well uh, might be a good answer. I also like the 33, the, the Ashbury 18th, which uh, has really great skyline views of the city from the bus, although it doesn't go to any major landmarks other than Golden Gate Park. Mm-hmm. Why do you let so many people board the bus without paying? So this is one of the... Oh, I should be diplomatic about how I say this. Uh, it's really great to be a Muni operator as opposed to working in many other transit agencies because we don't necessarily have prime responsibility for enforcing fares. We collect the fares. You should pay your fare, absolutely. Um, but we have all door boarding and a proof of payment system where the actual fare enforcement is conducted by a separate job category of people who will board the bus and ask to see proof of payment. Um, because we have that all door boarding, it's actually a very big advantage to the transit system for timeliness and reliability. You spend less time at a bus stop if you have all door boarding and that lets you do more trips in less time and be more reliable. Mm -hmm. Uh, But really the answer to your question is it's not really our job to enforce fare and that is a privilege and a pleasure that most other bus operators probably would be very envious of. I bet if you had to do that, your stress level scale would be a lot higher. Um, and we still have stress related to fares because you'll have people put a $20 bill into the fare box mm-hmm. and, and then change. discover that there is no change given. And that can be a very upsetting situation mm-hmm. for the person but, who has just encountered that problem. But then you just gave seven people a free ride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, those fares just get digested by the fare box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish it worked that way. But uh, it, it is money for transit, which is good. Yeah. We need yeah. that. Uh, do you wait when you see people running for the bus? It depends tremendously on the circumstance. And this is one of those things where... It almost feels like a no-win situation as a bus operator. We know better than basically anyone what the situation of our bus is in terms of how it is integrated with the whole line. So sometimes we'll be the leader of a bunch, meaning we're a bus that's very full and is behind its schedule, and then the bus behind us is not full, has caught up to us. And then what we really want to do is try and sort of get away from and create some space between our bus and the bus behind. We also know things like the light cycle. We know if the light is about to turn green, I don't want to open my door for a passenger when my light is about to turn green if it means I'm going to miss this light cycle. If I have 40 people on my bus and it takes an additional minute and a half 
for them to get to their destination because I opened that door for that person. It's like wasting 45 minutes of people's time. Mm -hmm. um, so we try not to do that as well. I will give this advice though. If it's my bus and you want to be let on at the last minute, come to the front door and not the back door because I can open and close the front door much faster than I can open and close the back door. And that means it's easier for me to be confident. Okay, I can let this one person on without losing my opportunity to go through the intersection. That is a great transit tip. Good tip. Which we have been getting. Thank you for listening to the Total SF podcast. <sighs> we got the good BART tip about being in the front oh, yeah. car. Alicia Trost told us, especially for women, always sit in the front car near the driver. Yeah. You know, there's a Muni Safe campaign right now about safety on Muni. We're collecting feedback at Muni about being safe on the bus. And that is a really good piece of advice that I think applies equally to BART and the bus is that if you're feeling uncomfortable with the situation on the bus, and it's not an emergency situation, nothing has happened, but it makes you maybe feel uncomfortable, a really good piece of advice is to try and be near the operator at the front of the bus. Yeah. This is going to give you an opportunity, if you need to, to say something to the operator, because although we try to be aware of everything that happens on our bus, unless it's like loud or obvious, we may not be aware, and that's one way to bring it to our attention. Mm -hmm. But it's also where you can feel like you have somebody who's watching after you, you know. This isn't a question, but it just sparked my own interest. Um, have you had to intervene in some sort of like assault or like bad encounter that was happening I've on never the bus? had an assault on my bus, but I have had some shouting arguments that I have had to watch closely. And in one instance, I had to announce to the passengers on the bus that unless the situation calmed down on the bus, I wasn't going to move it again. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, this is a sort of a insider piece of uh, uh, work that operators know very well, is that uh, if you have a lot of people who are trying to get somewhere, you can enlist them as your allies in essentially making the people who are causing a ruckus feel like maybe they shouldn't because 30 people on the bus are mad at are them because they're them. waiting yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, okay. that's my weapon. Yeah. I'm not going to move this bus unless things feel right. It's like the, I'm, you're going to have to get out of the car and that's walk. Right. I will pull this say. bus over. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break. All right. This is also, I think, collectively to Muni drivers, not an individual accusation at MacAllen. <laughs> uh, why don't you wait until elderly or disabled people are seated before taking off abruptly? Yeah. So um, we try. But it's sometimes not clear to us that that person is not sitting yet. Um, especially if it's a full bus and there are standing passengers, it can be hard to see. Uh, if that person is trying to sit down in the seat immediately behind the operator's mm -hmm. seat, you might not be able to see it all in the mirror. Um, we also try really hard to be smooth. That is like the greatest compliment that one Muni operator can give to another is you're smooth. Um, you want to be smooth because that prevents falls on board, mm -hmm. which we take very seriously. Uh, but it is, again, it's quite hard. Buses are not, like, easy to drive. You yeah. need practice, and each bus is different. Like, buses respond differently on their brakes. They respond differently on the gas. One, one bus to the next. So it can mm -hmm. be sometimes hard to adjust. This one came in via email, and it's a great question. Quote, I am completely intimidated about trying to put a bike on a bus. Would it be okay to go up to a bus while the driver is on a break at the end of the route and ask to practice doing it? 
or is there any way to practice before it's rush hour and there's a bus full of people staring at me? I would be happy to let somebody practice putting a bike on my bus. Um, some operators are going to not want to have to engage with the public during their layover because they might be wanting to do something like go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not going to really want you either hanging out on the bus or messing with parts of the bus when we're not there with it. So I would say ask first. There's no harm in asking. And it's a great idea. I also think it would be a great idea to have somewhere downtown a fake bus front yeah. with a bike rack that you can just practice on like yeah. a like a prop jeffrey tumlin on. you often listen to the show this is a That's, great idea it's a wonderful idea i think some maybe washington dc or another transit agency somewhere in the east coast has this it's genius we should do it yeah do you have the right to refuse service have you ever done so and if so for what besides the gas can guy yeah so there are some circumstances where that's permitted they are pretty few and far between in general we are obligated to serve passengers waiting at bus stops there are specific circumstances where that might not be the case and generally if that's the case we'll have to actually call it in to our uh, transit management center and tell them i'm refusing service to this specific passenger for this specific reason i've had to do that in the past when i've had a passenger on board my bus threatened me or other passengers with um, violence then i've kicked them off the bus and then later seen that same passenger at a bus stop and for my safety and for the safety of my passengers i've decided that i can't serve that person um, that's happened to me a couple times and that is one circumstance in which we'll refuse service but we can't refuse service because you're like look smelly or something and yeah. we don't mm -hmm. i know that you have waited on this on twitter but for anybody who missed it um would drive would driving buses be easier if they were free to ride for all passengers? Uh, oh, that's a big question. I don't think so. Not for me. Um, I think in some circumstances, a passenger who hasn't paid their fare and is disruptive, you might be able to dislodge from the bus by asking to see proof of fare payment or something like that. I. No, I'm going to say that I don't think fare free is going to make it easier to drive the bus necessarily. And you don't like the idea in general, right? It's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> now, I'm not a fan of fare free systems, so don't at me, people. God. <laughs> we need more funds for transit throughout uh, the entire country. We need more dedicated uh, sources of funding, more reliable sources of funding. But uh, I don't want to see any major source of transit funding go away now. What percentage of riders say thank you as they exit the bus? This is another opportunity for a public service announcement. Always thank your driver. Um, yeah, so I have developed a habit that makes me feel really good, which is thanking my passengers as they get off the bus. I say thank you for riding Muni. And I have noticed that as I do that, as the trip goes on, people will hear me say that four or five times, and then they'll thank me when they get off the bus. And it feels like we have this nice little back and forth. I love it. It feels really good to have somebody say, thank you. Um, hot tip, we consider ourselves to be transit operators. And if you want to get like 
a little bit of extra good feels between you and the bus driver say thank you operator oh. and not thank you driver because that's our title. Oh, I learned operator. this from I've a, said driver before. I have too. Well, oh. people, we're not going to be picky, but I will say that the odds are pretty good that if you say operator, the operator is going to think there's at least a pretty good chance that you're related in some way to another operator. Mm. Um, and that nice. tends to be the case in my experience. If somebody says operator, I might actually even venture to say, oh, do you like know an operator? And it'll be like, oh yeah, my brother or my son or my aunt or whatever. My podcast guest. Yeah, I uh, listen to this really cool podcast <laughs> called Total SF. <laughs> <and I> guess, <laughs> yeah, so that could be it. Um, so, And I learned that from an AC Transit operator who um, actually took me aside and said, hey, say thank you, operator. Um, when I was uh, 17, I learned yeah. that. And I've kept that habit ever since. And it's, it's done me well. I'll tell you the the line where I heard the most thank yous was the old the seventy eight Express Candlestick Express, oh. and you'd have people yelling freeway get a, you know stay <laughs> off the freeway, and then usually we'd have an operator who um, had done some driving in Nam or something because they'd get all these side streets and you would erupt in cheers (laughs) if that operator arrived in time for the game. (laughs) Thank you. Like people naming their children after the operator. Um, So that line is now gone. Yeah. Park is gone, but that is the most thank yous and cheering Mm. and love I have heard on a muni bus for an operator. Cable car operators get it a lot. I will say the ultimate thanks that an operator can receive is a commendation. If you actually go to the trouble to call or write to Muni to say, this operator went above and beyond and made my trip amazing. Um, we actually received that as operators in our um, mail. Uh, and you've received, received a few because you posted I received them. a few and it feels incredible. And you literally will walk lighter and feel yeah. better for a week after you get a commendation. Oh. So yes. that's, if you really want to make your operator feel great, Send in a commendation. Columnists feel that way too, FYI. <laughs> Congratulations on the Script Howard Award for opinion writing, Heather. <laughs> what can we as passengers do to make your job more pleasant? What can we as voters do to make your job safer and the system overall better? Oh, um, well, let's say, first of all, that I'm speaking entirely for myself. I'm not yeah. a spokesperson for the SFMTA, um, and that's, that's an actual job. So to get the official position of SFMTA, don't talk to me. Talk <laughs> to <you. laughs> okay. There are a lot of big initiatives. How about Measure L that's mm-hmm. coming up on the, in the November ballot? That's a muni financing measure that's very important. So as voters, I'd say vote yes on L. Please. Uh, that requires two thirds oh, to wow. pass, just as Measure A required. We missed Measure A by only a few per- a fraction of a percent. I think something like 1.1 percent uh, short of the threshold needed mm-hmm. for passage. Um, so yeah, you know, we need to finance our transit system properly. We need to support ballot initiatives that that finance transit. We need to support red lanes and transit-only infrastructure. We need to oppose things that are catering to individual private cars. Uh, Yes on J and no on I. Uh Uh, (laughs) 
Well, on a related subject, we've been debating the Lunchabus, the buses that are wrapped in Lunchables advertising, even the windows. Um, You and I do not like them. Peter is a fan. And (laughs) we agreed that we would try our hand at Lunchabus limericks. So who wants to go first? Okay, I didn't write a limerick. I'm not writing a Lunchabus limerick. So I just want to get that out of the way. I did not write a limerick. (laughs) I'll go first because I wrote a Lunchabus limerick, but I put extremely low effort into it. Okay. Um, So this is, I'm a poet, and this is like slop at the bottom of my bucket of poetry. This is not going in the chat book. Uh, Lunchabus limerick. My bus wears a gross advertisement. I am filled with queasy discontent. This thing called the Lunchabus sure kicked up a great fuss. To be clear, it helps Muni pay rent. <laughs> well, I technically didn't write one either. You I clap tried. for that. I'm so <laughs> Yay! Snapping for my own poem. That's terrible. <laughs> Shout out to my friend and total SF listener, Claire Riley, who helped me do this because she is funnier than me. Have you seen the city's new Lunchabus? It's deli meat sides keep confronting us. A bus wrapped in meat? Lord, what's on the seats? I've never more wanted to punch a bus. Oh, that was much better. Okay, good job, Claire. Good job, Claire. <laughs> good job, Heather. I actually totally sandbagged you guys. I did not write a limerick. Oh. I wrote a full poem. Oh, my Whoa. God. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's standing up. It's getting my serious. My love for the Lunchabus. Ode on Lunchabus. <laughs> I don't have a name for it. I was just thinking Ode that. Ode to Lunchabus. <laughs> no writers during COVID. San Francisco voted down Prop A. What will we do for the future of transit? Lunchabus is here to save the day. (laughs) The world does not end when you place latex on a bus, but the check Oscar Mayer wrote, six figures made Jeffrey Tumlin blush. (laughs) With relief, with pride, with hunger. Vertical lines, Oreos, is that American cheese or cheddar? Enchanting San Francisco's children and at least one 52-year-old reporter. The Lunchabus is not perfect. From the distance, looks like a ribbed condom. (laughs) But it is sustenance for young children and a transit agency in need. Lunchabus, you are all of us. I had no idea oh. you had that in you. Excellent delivery. Also. Thank you. I, I uh. took an edible last night and wrote that in bed before I went to sleep. I just was looking at it now better than I remembered. It's really you know, good. Here's Thank how I you. feel about it, really. What I don't like about the Lunchabus is that it completely covers up the delivery of the bus. And a Lunchabus from VTA and a Lunchabus from Muni are indistinguishable from one another. Um, I don't like that. I care a lot about, like, delivery of the bus actually and so i think you should be able to see the bus's colors lunch a bus covers up the entire front of the bus yeah the entire back of the bus i mean that's just too much um you can barely even read the word muni on it mm-hmm. so i think that's maybe something that i would like to see but it does pay for things for muni and we have to pay for things yeah. um so and i'm also sure that like the ad executives who have this campaign going are absolutely thrilled that we're talking about <laughs> it. I just hope that somewhere deep in the bowels of whatever ad agency made this bus wrap, like a graphic designer feels badly. 
I think I think the lunch bus is like um, Jurassic Park when Doctor <laughs> when Doctor John Hammond shows up to your archaeology <laughs> site and says, "I've been funding your dig for two years. Uh, I need you to come check out my park over yeah. here," and you just you know stomach it and get on his helicopter um, um, with a better ending though than may, Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that sounds like a, you've been eaten by the lunch bus <laughs> at this point and. It's supposed to go the other way. Well, this is going south, but I, I'm declaring <laughs> I'm declaring our first Ask a Muni driver a wild success. Yes, and this is the only podcast where you'll hear Lunchabus debated via poetry. So I assume that's true. Yeah, and we are offering you the chance to end this episode with a good poem that oh. you're proud of, if you would like to. Thank you. That's I. I feel like if I were not able to show Peter up here, I would be really <laughs> upset. Uh, so I'm going to read this poem. It's called The Bee of Moffat Street. It's a true story of an event that happened to me when I was driving the 35 Eureka bus. Um, and then I wrote this poem about it. I hit a bee with the Eureka bus on Moffat Street. She was pretty mad about it, and understandably so. A buzz against a bus she attacked. Pollen-fringed fuzz in a fury, battering the windshield. Slinger with a stinger versus Goliath, my Orion. She a fraction of a fraction of an ounce. Me, a couple dozen tons of glass and steel. The full force of her will set to push me back uphill. Ten times a shift through the gauntlet of Moffat Street. Steering a close course between curbed tires and wing mirrors, this passage was the strangest contest for street space I've faced. Every foe, from Farnham to Bemis, backs down before the mighty 35, yet this bee would not yield. Head to head we did battle, bee and bus, and it was I that conceded, more cowardice, less grit. Closing the driver's window for safety's sake. Hey. <laughs> That's the bee of Moffat. Love it. All right. True you, story. You, you showed me up. We're, we're, uh, we're back in balance again. <laughs> Thank you. I want to give you guys great encouragement for your total transit adventures at the end of the month. Uh, we need all the help um, we can get. I'm, I'm betting you guys get 20 or 21. We would be happy. Um, with that's that. what I'm hoping. I'm pulling for. I, I'm. I'm. And I'm sure that 15. somebody, somebody else, that same day is going to do 23 or 24. Hayden. So, yeah. yeah. Hayden probably. <laughs> that's okay though. I mean, <laughs> like, I want to get 15, and then I think the best case scenario is maybe we have a few challenges, but it's really fun to follow us, and then some super cool transit nerds go out and then beat us, and yeah. then we'll have a yeah. leaderboard and we'll celebrate them. Absolutely. But, yeah. Um, and it's an important cause to uh, better integrate our transit systems across the Bay. Yeah. Well, it was fun to talk to you. We only got to a portion of the questions, so maybe in a few months we'll do a sequel. Sure. I'm trying to get to be the most featured Total yes. SF podcast. <laughs> this is my third. This is my third. This is yes. third. Uh, Hunter I'll, Pence, I think, has four. Oh. Hunter and Lexi Pence. Um, yeah. Paula Poundstone has three. You're in good company. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I love Total SF. Aw. Thank, Thank you. you. See you on the bus. Thank you. See you on the bus. Sweet. 
Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Bosworth and Diamond transfer point for the 23 Monterey 35 Eureka 36 Parasita 52 Excelsior Mini Metro J Church and Bart. This is Glenn Park Station.